0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hey, welcome to my first time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. My name is Zing Sing.
2: Why does every film have a sex scene? This is like can we not can we just have one film that is a, an amazingly powerful film that just doesn't have a sex scene? I don't get what it adds to any of this. It doesn't push the narrative.
1: Today on My First Time. How can you have a first time if you've never actually had sex? Hi, my name is Sophia. And this is a story of the first time I figured out I was asexual. Human beings are pretty simple beings. We're animals. All the things we love, culture, expression, art, we've built ourselves. That's life. And frankly, that's what many of us love about life. But our essential ingredients have been the same for hundreds, thousands of years. We sleep, we eat, and we fuck. But maybe that's not always true. Our guest today, Sophia, is asexual. They've never had sex, and they think they'll never want to have sex. It's my first time, but this one's a complicated one. We're going to go deep, chat through relationships, queer culture, and why finding people to talk to is maybe the most important thing. Now age 26 and working as an animator, Sophia actually has been illustrating the articles for my first time this season. It's been a long journey for our guest. They didn't even realise that asexuality was a thing until recently. This is their story.
2: I know how I would describe it for myself. Like, I don't think I feel sexual attraction. I don't want to have sex. I had a conversation with my friend. We were just walking past and she was talking about, like, boys she liked. I remember, I was like, hang on a minute. So, let's say that person walking past. Would you want to, like, bang them? And then she was like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, but I would. And I was like, I don't understand. Wait, so you see someone and you think, I would like to have sex with this person. And I, I don't know, my head just can't c- couldn't compute that and I don't think it still can. Because I don't think I've felt like that. I've never seen someone be like, yeah, I'd like to fuck you. I think for me that feels very alien. That's a very confusing kind of feeling. I think a lot of me is very like, I don't think I still understand it, but I know that I don't feel sexual attraction. I think that's what it comes down to for me personally. I mean, I feel romantic attraction. I feel romantically attracted to people. But that doesn't mean I want to have sex with them, if that makes any sense. So like, yeah, I can find the right person. But that right person isn't the right person that I want to have sex with, if you know what I mean. I don't think that person exists. Maybe it's not even about the person. I think it's about me not wanting to have sex, as opposed to someone's just going to come along and open my eyes one day and be like, oh, yeah, I want to fuck you. No. Okay, so asexuality is uh, having no sexual attraction. Aromantic is having no romantic attraction. You can be both. You can be either. Um, And then there's like a spectrum, I guess, of sexual attraction to none. And then you can also be grey ace. So you sometimes if you have like a really strong emotional connection, you can feel a sexual attraction or it's fluctuating. So I guess it's just between Yeah, it's the grey area. For me, it only really feels like in the last couple of years I've really like tried to get my own head around it. I'm currently in therapy at the moment. We're kind of like working through various ideas. And I think part of those is trauma and how a lot of my trauma manifests. And I think one of the ways my I manifest is like I to distance myself, both physically, emotionally and whatever, from those around me. And I think I'm very good at being open, but not open at all. So some people read this as, wow, you're just so open and sharing everything. But actually no, it's a very curated sense of what's being shared. And I don't know whether that physical closeness is something else. I also relate to that emotional closeness and how I don't want I don't want anyone to to get close because all the bad things will happen again. And maybe it's like a defensive measure, maybe it's protective. Sex feels violent and traumatic, even though I'm sure that's not the case. But I don't know. For me, I I find it very hard to separate those two in my head at this moment in time.
1: As a kid, no one wants to feel like they're different from their mates. School can be a really vile place. Our guest Sophia was looking at themselves through the prism of their sexuality early on. Maybe because sex is so in your face all the time, it's hard to miss. I was a kid,
2: teenagers, everyone's getting boyfriends and, like, kissing, whatever. And, like, you know, you're in that kind of quite intense peer pressure environment. Also, like, secondary school is the worst thing in the world anyway. And, you know, you're already different for many, many reasons. And this feels like another weird one where you're like, I don't get it. Why we do- Why is everyone doing this? But, of course, everyone's doing it. So maybe maybe it makes sense. Maybe I haven't figured that bit out. But everyone's kind of, like... One getting boyfriends and two having sex, and again these very normative kind of narratives that they're doing as well, which was doubly alienating. I think also, I don't know, watching films and stuff, and I remember being really annoyed—not <laughs> annoyed, but just like, why does every film have a sex scene? This is like, can we not? Can we just have one film that is a, an amazingly powerful film that just doesn't have a sex scene? Like, I don't, I don't get what it adds to any of this. It doesn't push the narrative. It doesn't. I don't know. What is this ad? Why? Why? And it's horrible because most of the time I'm watching it with my parents. I and mean, We have to fast forward through. If anything, this is like annoying. And I never really got why those scenes were there. Like, what does that add? Those scenes were written by people that have sexual attraction. And of course, that's a really important part of their life and their being. So of course, they put it in. But when you don't, and you don't see that mirrored anywhere else in the world. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And I think maybe it's that kind of constant feeling like you've missed out a big punchline somewhere and navigating the world like oh, I don't know I don't get it I don't get it maybe I missed out the her paragraph like what's everyone doing what's it's that? Like everyone knows the secret and they're not letting you in on it like Buffy I loved I grew up on Buffy and Lara Croft Tomb Raider partly because okay these are really badass women doing amazing stuff and I was like why why can't we just let them be why do they have to have sex at some point and I found that really, like, annoying because, like, I wanted to relate to these women. I wanted to see myself in as much as I could in, like, these kind of cis white women. And I felt like it was taking away something. I felt like I could have seen myself in it if that wasn't there. As hard as that would have been, I could have found something. But they had sex and that felt so, like, oh, OK, well, this definitely can't be me because I'm never going to have sex.
1: So, yeah, I think maybe it was those two that I felt really, I guess, annoyed about our guest Sophia describes themselves as being queer, but they're not exactly attracted to women, or men for that matter. As things stand, relationships for an asexual person aren't that straightforward. I don't particularly date, and I don't know if that's because
2: of the fact that, for me, it's easier to not date and, like, again, deal with these yeah, conflicting needs. Physical closeness is something I'm, I'm still trying to figure out of... How can you show intimacy without being physically close to someone? Um, You know, I can be intimate with my friends and share really deep, dark, personal things, and it's beautiful and healing. But what about someone I'm romantically attracted to? How can we go beyond that? How can we we romantically attract to someone without ever touching them? Um, I think I don't mind, like, physical touch. um, But for me, that kind of fluctuates. Sometimes I don't even want anyone to hug me. Um, But sometimes I want that closeness. I want someone to hold me when I'm sad and so on. And when you don't know those boundaries for yourself and know what you want, I don't want that today, how can I then dictate that to someone else as well? I think that's something I'm still trying to figure out. I know I don't want sex, but I do want closeness in whatever way that kind of exists. So whether that's a hug, whether that's just being held or spooned, but I think also it begs the question, what is sex as well? Mm -hmm. And what do we consider sex? When I say I don't want sex, I think, as much as I hate it, I'm thinking very, like, penis and vagina sex. I know I don't want that. But then again, that seems quite reductive um, because sex is also more than that. You can be really intimate with someone and someone else could consider that sex, but not... I don't know. I think those are conversations that you have when you're building a relationship with someone and you're outlining, this is what is sex for me and this is what isn't. I know I've been times when you're like, oh, I want to kiss someone, but actually just freeze and my brain just shuts off and it's like no no i don't know how much that's just me on a personal level and how much that is my as- asexuality kind of um like manifesting i think kissing feels less less intimidating than sex at this moment in time and kissing maybe feels like something a part of me might want i know i don't want sex that feels like quite a solid thing right at this moment in time um but kissing is something i could potentially want in life maybe there are some parts of intimacy i consider quite fluid And there are some parts that are quite, um, like, steady pillars Mm -hmm. that are kind of anchoring for me in my sexuality. I think also a lot of the way that society reads relationships is very sex-based. You're in a relationship with someone if you're having sex. But if you're not having sex, what are you? You're just mates that just hang out. And I think something I want to explore and figure out is how can you have a relationship that isn't sex-based? How can we go beyond this? How can we validate these other forms of existing within relationships and almost like querying them and radicalising these ideas of
1: quite normative relationship structures that we have. As a Muslim and a visibly gender non-conforming person who has dealt with their share of trauma early on in life, our guest Sophia has never felt like they fitted in, at school or otherwise. But they did find it helpful talking about their feelings online in IRL. I have some really amazing friends that really hold
2: that and they're like, They don't necessarily pry, but they don't invalidate it either. They're just like, yeah, you do you. But then I guess I have friends, friends from school, friends that you're only really friends with now because you knew them back then, as opposed to, uh, I would choose these people over everyone else in the world. I remember once I was having a conversation with one of my friends and I think I said something like, for me, sex feels violent, even when it isn't. And I just can't separate the two in my head. And she just laughed. She's like, what do you mean? What do you mean it feels violent? I don't get it. And she was just trying to like, I think she was trying to understand for herself but I felt so like on the spot because I couldn't explain it and I don't think I still can but it's just I don't know for me those two things are in the same box sometimes and I just like I don't know they're just they're just in the same box I don't and I couldn't explain it I felt myself freezing up and very like questioned and I think she was just trying to understand because I imagine she loves sex and everything's great and wonderful and for her to hear that must be like what are you on about in the last couple of years I've met like some of my close friends are asexual we've had these really amazing conversations and you know there's like um, a queer asexual group which is amazing and we meet up for milkshakes and just chat about stuff we chat about not having sex but we also chat about other things that are totally unrelated and I kind of really love that and I think being in those groups it feels like oh maybe maybe there doesn't need to be a a light switch in me that just hasn't gotten off maybe I don't need to bloom because I have bloomed and this is, this is just it. This is just the weird cactusy hairy flower that I am. Do you know when you just hear your own experiences reflected back at you for the first time? Or when someone else... I'm like, oh, my God, I get it. Or they tell you that they don't like this one thing. You're like, oh, my God, is that because I'm asexual? I didn't realise. And it felt very empowering and very exciting to have people with similar experiences. I had a lot of conversations with my friends who were, like, grey, like, in that kind of grey area, and... Um, And it felt like, oh, okay, so maybe one day I will. And again, still coming back to this idea of just got to wait for that switch. And then I met friends who were like, no, I'm definitely ace. Like, I don't ever want to have sex. And I was like, wow, that's so affirming. Like, when they're just like really hardcore in for like, yeah, no, full stop. I felt really seen, even though they were saying about themselves, I'm like, yeah, okay, I feel that. Because I think that also feels quite taboo to say, like, I don't want to have sex ever. That's like, oh, wait, no, never. I'll give yourself time, you know, like, maybe in a few years, again, we'll blossom, everything will be great, meet the right person, all of those things. But actually to hear someone really affirmatively say that, like, this isn't what they want um, is amazing. And also to see them find relationships and navigate relationships where they're not having sex, I found really, like, healing. And being able to kind of share those conversations with someone being like, okay, so how do you deal with this when you're dating someone who has sexual attraction and you don't? How do you navigate both of each other's needs? I think when I was 21, there was this really amazing zine called Fucked Zine about, I guess, some people who were asexual, some people who were having sex, some people who weren't, and just their experiences around, I guess, sex-critical conversations, which I found really, really interesting and relatable. And suddenly, sex can be terrible. And sex can not be fun for some people. Sex can not isn't the most amazing thing in the world always. And that's okay.
1: Fucked scene was an important turning point in Sophia's life. It was a safe space to read and write about being asexual.
2: It's a really amazing scene. It was really like raw, really blunt, beautifully open share like kind of overshared information and that really resonated in lots of ways. Um and they did those little workshops where there's bad conversations about their experience of having sex and, I guess, being on the spectrum of asexuality. It feels like therapy sometimes. It's amazing. And it's just sort of self-run, at different topic, different times, and it's just brilliant. Um, and one of the sessions was an asexual group, and there was a really, really small handful of us. And we just went there in Bethnal Green and Common House, and we met up. And it was just a really interesting, amazing conversation to have and be around people who also... Felt asexual um, to whatever extent and identified it as that, whether or not they didn't, and it was just really, really amazing eye opening um, of how different everyone was. Um, some asexuals had sex and some didn't, and some felt attraction sometimes and some didn't, and just the fact that there's no one textbook asexual. Yeah, so that was amazing. And then we love this group, but there was only a few of us, so we decided to make a Facebook group called like Queer Asexuality. They were like me, but not like me in lots of ways. And it felt nice that they all shared this part of me. I don't think there's ever going to be any one person that is all of those circles of me. So when it's nice to meet, okay, so you're going to fill up this circle and you're going to fill up this circle. Um, But it felt really amazing. It felt really um, like being held, but not touched, I think. I guess a lot of it is how do we navigate relationships? So a lot of the questions, I guess, that we're answering and asking here. Us also not knowing what it means, like sometimes... I guess, like, some people are like, I want to have sex, but does that mean I'm still... I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. But also, like, it's okay either way. It's whatever whatever you say it is. I think a lot of it was just affirmations. Us figuring out why we're asexual, how we're asexual, what it means, and da 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 It just felt nice to be in a place that affirmed that identity and didn't question it. Or And when we did question it, it was us trying to figure it out together for ourselves. Um, but at the same time, if we didn't, and there was I don't think there were any answers, that was okay too. A lot of the conversations we had also spoke about ideas around work, I guess the world as a whole. So when you're kind of out and about and you, everything is so like sexualized sometimes and how do you navigate a space when you, I guess, don't feel a sexual attraction? How do you live in a world that is very alienating in this way? And all of us share various other alienations. And how do those things interact? Like, how do you tell your parents? Like All these questions that we're asking here, I think you know, have been brought up at some point.
1: Growing up in the UK, Sophia is the first to say they've not got this stuff all figured out. Asexuality as an idea isn't brand new, but it certainly doesn't have a fixed meaning, especially for our guest. Every day, Sophia's negotiating their life in the context of their sexuality. It's okay not to have sex, and it's okay
2: to have sex and be asexual. There is no definitive asexuality, just like there's no definitive, I don't know, like bisexuality, there's no definitive heterosexuality or homosexuality or whatever it's very all of these terms are quite fluid umbrellas and asexuality is an umbrella that also I guess maybe talking to people that aren't asexual um, how your space is alienating to asexual people how can you make these spaces at least aware and so I guess one example is this, this this entire podcast series and I was like going through them like wait these are all so sexual and we're talking about first times but what about people that don't have sex first time um, or what about people that, yeah, are asexual and the first time they've discovered it. And I kind of like that, that queering of, um, my first times and I'm like, yeah, no sex. So I think thinking about how we can make these spaces inclusive, I'm not assuming that everyone has sex. Cause I know loads of people that actually, I don't know, aren't asexual and they like rarely have sex. And that's okay too. This idea of sex being, um, maybe being sex critical, But it doesn't necessarily mean being sex-negative, but sex-critical. And especially the narrative around, I guess, also sex-positivity, which is amazing and empowering, but also can be quite alienating to people that don't have sex. And how can we be positive but critical?
1: Thanks for listening to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. And thank you very much to our guest, Sophia. My name is Zing Sing and I'm the UK editor at Broadly. This episode was produced by Sam Bonham. If you like what you hear, share the love, rate us and subscribe to the podcast. And please check out the article on Broadly featuring Sophia. See you next week.